Word, please join me in the book of Romans, chapter 12. The book of Romans in the 12th chapter. And while you're turning there, I want to make a mention of a couple of announcements that are in your bulletin um, and, uh, and make sure that you have a chance to know that these things are going on. Coming up a week from Thursday, May 4th, is the National Day of Prayer. It's a time when people all over the nation will gather together and pray for our country, pray for their leaders, pray for the things that are going on. And we want to encourage you to join us. We're going to have a special prayer service here at 7 p.m. that Thursday night. Uh, now, we meet every Thursday night for, for prayer, and you're, we want to just encourage and welcome you to, to come join us for it. But that particular Thursday, it'll be a special time of prayer for our nation, and we want to uh, challenge you, if you uh, are able at all, to get out uh, to come and pray. Um, you'll, uh, you'll notice that um, there's an announcement in there about men's ministry. Uh, we are having a prayer breakfast, or a breakfast on uh, uh, the, first, the first Sunday of every month. So it'll be a week from Saturday is our next one, 8 a.m. It's a time of prayer, a time of uh, just studying God's Word for a little bit together. We only, usually only meet about an hour, so you can get on with the rest of your Saturday. But we want to encourage you men to join us. Uh, that'll be the first Saturday in May, 8 a.m., uh, come on out for a great breakfast. We, we, we meet out here on the, in the north side, uh, coming by the kitchen there. And then I want to let you know, or I just, I, I just want to say a huge thank you to all of you who helped make uh, everything happen last, last week. We had a, just a great Easter celebration here, and uh, many of you volunteered in the kids' area, helped put together our services Thursday and Friday, helped make the food uh, Sunday, and just uh, a lot of hands went into making it work. So thank you so much. And uh, I don't know about you, but I had a great time. It was, it was a tremendous celebration. We had over 600 people here that day, and it was a, just an encouraging time to gather together. And uh, I, as I was standing up front hearing, hearing all of your voices belting out the songs of praise, it was fantastic. Um, we are, uh, we've, we've been kicking around some ideas about this summer because that was so much fun to bring us all together into one service. We're kicking around some ideas uh, about this summer, and so um, uh, we'll, uh, we, we'll have more to say about it next week. But we've got just some, I think, some exciting plans here uh, coming up um, for June, July, and August, and we'll let you know more about them uh, next week. So we'll kind of leave you hanging a little bit there. But over the next couple of weeks, we, you know, we finished Mark now. We were in Mark for over a year as we walked our way through uh, the life of Jesus as, as told to us by the Gospel of Mark. And what we want to do is just embark on a little bit shorter series just for the next three weeks on the topic of prayer. And the title of today's message is Persisting in Prayer. You know, prayer is one of those things, as with a number of other disciplines in the spiritual life, that, that we know we should be doing. Most of us uh, are going to read these verses today, and, and probably, probably not one person in here said, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to pray. I can do that? Really? For the most part, we're familiar with, with many of the commands and the things that we should be doing as Christians. Most of us know that we're supposed to love one another. We're supposed to forgive one another that we should read our Bible. We know that we should tell people that don't know about Jesus, uh, about Jesus. We know that we should be giving financially to the church and that sort of, those sorts of things. They're, they're foundational things that God calls us to. But every now and then we need a reminder. At least I know I do. 
It's, it's a little bit of a booster shot of sorts. Owen is our four-year-old, and he's, he's getting ready to go to kindergarten this fall. Now, uh, he is very ready to go. His mom and dad are not super ready for him to go. He's, he's the baby of the family, and we'd kind of like to prolong that as much, but he constantly reminds us, I'm not a baby anymore, Dad. I'm big. As excited as he is about going off to school, though, He's not super excited about the shots that he knows he has to have before he goes to school. And we've explained this to him. We're kind of prepping him for his kindergarten shots when he turns five in July. And, you know, when you get those shots, some of them come in stages. You, you need to have the initial one, but later on you have to have a booster to, to keep your immune system up, to keep your body fighting against those illnesses, well, the same is true in the Christian life. From time to time, we need to be reminded of things that, that we already know about, that we should be doing and practicing, but to be encouraged and challenged in these areas. And prayer is that area that we're going to look at today. Romans chapter 12, verse 12, simply tells us this. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. There's three phrases in there, but we're just going to examine the last one today and kind of use that as a springboard to talk about prayer. He tells us to be constant in prayer. He uses the same Greek word in Colossians chapter 4 too. It's on the screen. It says, continue steadfastly in prayer. Continue steadfastly. Paul is telling us that prayer should be something that we, we stay faithful in, that we stay constant steadfast, something in which we persist. The word means, as it's translated, to be devoted to something, to, to engage in something with intense effort. Paul is saying that we, God wants us to live our prayer lives in that way. Prayer is simply talking to God. John Knox, the reformer, called prayer an earnest and familiar talking with God. It's us being able to tell him what's going on in our life, to express gratitude and thanks and dependence upon him. The purpose of this sermon in the next two weeks is not to guilt us into more prayer. I've, I've heard sermons like that in the Christian life. You ought to be doing better in this. Stop being a lazy bum and, and, and do better. I don't think that motivates anybody. I don't think that really gets us more in touch with God and, and amps up our prayer life. Rather, I think that what helps our prayer life is to spend time talking about the one that we're supposed to be talking to. See, when you care about someone, when, when you're in love with someone, when you're enamored with someone, you want to spend time with them. When we realize who God is and how amazing He is, it, it should draw us in to want to spend time with Him. For goodness sakes, we get to talk to the creator of the universe, the one who spoke the world into existence, the all-powerful, almighty God. A couple weeks ago, I was out in Arizona and for my cousin's wedding, and, and uh, we went golfing. And uh, it was a beautiful golf course and, and had just a gorgeous weather. It was a fantastic day. And we, we got in and the, the, the guys who were 
helping get our car- clubs off the cart, said, hey, by the way, did you know that John Lester, uh, starting pitcher for the Chicago Cubs, just finished ahead of you guys. He's in the clubhouse right now. And I was like, no way, Lester's here. And, uh, and so I said to my cousin, I said, we, we should go inside and, and meet him. And he's like, nah, come on, let's go. It's, we got to get, get going. I'm like, but, I mean, they just won the World Series. I mean, this is, this is a big, he's an all-star pitcher. I kind of wanted to go meet this famous guy. You know, we, 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 we can get like that around maybe, maybe famous people. Maybe you have a, a realm. Maybe it's a political person or a, an athlete or a, a movie star that you would love to meet someday. You wouldn't know what to say. You'd be speechless, palms all sweaty. You'd just be, wow, it'd be fantastic to meet this person. Better than any athlete, movie star, politician, famous person, we get to commune daily with the creator of the universe. Almighty, all-powerful God. We can talk to him anytime we want. That's the privilege of prayer. But as we think about persisting in prayer, being engaged and involved in prayer, there are a few things that I want us to make note of today. First of all, I want us to think about the purpose of persistence. Why, why should we bother? We've all got busy lives. We've got a lot going on. Why is prayer so important, and why should I, as Paul tells me here, persist, be constant in such an activity? I've got a lot to do. You have a lot to do. Why is this something that we need to be steadfast in, to persist in, to be constant in? I'm going to give you just three reasons here this morning. First of all, prayer is commanded. Prayer is commanded. You know, when God tells us something, it's a pretty good idea to listen. There are some of you out there who have, have heard advice before, and, and you've, you've heard it and you've said to yourself, that's really stupid. Why would I do that? Maybe teenagers, you're sitting out here thinking your parents know very little to maybe nothing about life, and some of the things they tell you and, and, and instruct you on, you think, you're nuts. Why would I listen to you? Some advice we get in life isn't good advice. There are ideas that are bad. But I want you to know that the things that God tells us to do, they're always good. God's ideas, every single one of them, is a good idea. God has never made a bad decision. God has never said, oh, I really should not have done that. All of God's commands, all of God's ways, they're good. And so when he says to pray, I want you to know this morning, it's a very, very good idea. He tells us in a number of passages, I just put a few of them here on the screen. In 1 Samuel 12, 23, the prophet Samuel says to the people of Israel, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. Prayer was so important to Samuel in upholding God's people before God, that, that he said, it would be sin for me to stop praying for you. Or in Psalms, when the psalmist says, therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Or when Isaiah says, uh, in Isaiah, the Lord reminds us that my house will be called a house of prayer 
for all peoples. That's the verse that Jesus quoted when he turned over the tables of the money changers in the temple. Prayer is important to God, and it should be important to us. The first reason that we should be persistent in prayer is because it's commanded by God. Secondly, we should persist in prayer because prayer changes us. Prayer changes us. And you think back to a time when you were influenced by someone, maybe for good or for, for bad. Influence is a powerful thing. Maybe you had a friend that was always talking you into doing things that you knew you weren't supposed to do, but man, they were persuasive. You got yourself into some trouble. Or maybe you were that person talking someone else into doing things that the time seemed like a good idea, but really were not. You know, influence, the people you spend time with, the people you hang around with, are really, really important. Your parents probably wanted you to choose good friends, hoping that they would rub off on you a little bit. The great thing about prayer is that when you spend time with God, He rubs off on you. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more you become like Jesus. It's not a simple formula. It doesn't solve all of our Christian growth questions, but it's a great place to start. When you choose to spend time with God, your character will become conformed more and more to the image of God. When we go to Him in prayer, I've become convinced over the years that it's not first and foremost on what I can convince God to do. Prayer is not first and foremost on how I can change and mold God. Prayer is about God changing and molding me. In prayer, God teaches us things. First of all, He teaches us to wait. Waiting is hard to do. When you're a kid waiting to open up presents on Christmas, it drives you nuts, it drives you bonkers. But you know, when we grow up and get big, things don't change much. We still have a hard time waiting, a hard time being still and trusting God and His timing. And prayer says, God, I don't know what's going on right now. I don't understand how everything's coming together or not coming together. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to depend on you, whether it's for a healing, whether it's for His intervention in a relationship or whatever it might be. Prayer teaches us to wait. In Psalm 40 Verse 1, the psalmist said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me, and He heard my cry. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to wait patiently for Him. You know, prayer also changes us because it teaches us to trust God. It teaches us to trust God. Very frequently in your life, if, if you haven't learned this already, God's going to bring you to places that you can't solve the problem yourself. Some of us enjoy being problem solvers. We, we like to find a solution to issues that are going on, and that's okay. Some of you have jobs where that's required of you. But God wants us to be in a place where our only recourse is to fall on Him, to trust Him. That's the best possible place to be. 
And if we struggle with trusting, if we're constantly trying to pull it back and be a fixer, he's going to keep pushing us into those places where we have to trust him because he knows that's the best place for us. Prayer teaches us to trust. Prayer also deepens our relationship with him. We all know that the more time you spend with someone, the more you get to know them the more familiar and intimate your relationship becomes. The deeper the issues that you can talk about, it doesn't just stay on the the fluff and the drivel of the news, weather, and sports, but you can go down to the deeper things of life, hard issues. Relationships like that are amazing. How much more so a relationship like that with our Heavenly Father. But it comes as the result of time spent. Prayer changes us. Prayer is not merely a way of getting things from God. Prayer is a way to get more of God himself. But finally, I want to say that prayer, another reason to persist in prayer, is that prayer works. Prayer works. I think very possibly the most fundamental reason God calls us to pray is so that he can change us. But prayer also changes things. God teaches us in his word that prayer is effective. Prayer works. It allows God, it's his chosen means for us to be involved in what he's doing in this world. There's a great passage in James chapter 5 that tells us that the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. And then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. Prayer changes things. Prayer is important. And I don't pretend to understand all how it works. I believe the Bible teaches that God is sovereign and in control and he's at work to accomplish his plan in this world. And so somehow in his divine economy, he allows for prayer to be involved in in getting his will done. God's not up there winging it or trying to figure out the future. Well, I can't do anything here until Jeremiah prays about this. God's, God's not dependent upon, upon me or you to be able to get his job done. But sometimes he chooses, it seems like from Scripture, sometimes he chooses to make prayer the condition for accomplishing his work. We may not understand all the ins and outs of how prayer influences God, but does, just because we don't understand it doesn't mean that we should shrug it off. Prayer is commanded. Just because we don't understand how something works doesn't mean we shouldn't make use of it. I, I am not very uh, technical and uh, I don't always understand processes. I know that after church, I'm going to go out to my truck and I'm going to put the key in the ignition and Lord willing, it will start the engine. It usually does, but I don't know how. I have no clue. I mean, there's many of you here who understand engines and combustion and the starter and you could you could explain it to me I still probably wouldn't get it but just because I don't understand that process doesn't mean I'm not going to go out and avail myself to it 
You may not understand how God's choosing to work and, and, and his, his rationale for the things that he does. He rarely chooses to reveal those things to us. But he still calls us to pray nonetheless. And in the prayer time, we draw closer to God, independent. And sometimes he answers the prayer in a, in a way that we hope. Others, other times he, he chooses to use a different means. So the whole process involves us casting our dependence upon him and then him choosing to work. But it's important to understand that prayer changes things. I came across this story this week that was told by a missionary who worked with Overseas Missionary Fellowship in Africa. This is what they said. While serving at a small field hospital in Africa, I traveled every two weeks by bicycle through the jungle to a nearby city for supplies. Because of the distance, it required that I camped overnight halfway. On one of these trips, I saw two men fighting in the city. One was seriously hurt, and so I treated him and witnessed to him about the Lord Jesus Christ. I then left and returned home without incident. It was time for me to return to the city several weeks later, and while I was there, I was approached by that same man I had treated after the fight. He told me that he knew as a foreigner that I carried money and medicine, and he said, some friends and I followed you into the jungle, knowing that you would camp overnight. We waited for you to go to sleep, and we planned to kill you and take your money and drugs. Just as we were about to move into your campsite, we saw that you were surrounded by 26 armed guards. The author of the story says, I laughed at this and said, I, I was all alone out in the jungle campsite that night. The young man pressed the point, no, sir, I was not the only one to see the guards. My five friends saw them. We all counted them. It was because of those guards that we were afraid and left you alone. The writer here had been sharing this story at a church here in Michigan, and as he was telling the story, one of the men in the church stood up and interrupted him. The man asked, can you tell me the exact date when this happened? He says, I thought for a while, and I remembered the date. I shared it with him. The man in the congregation then gave his side of the story. He stated, on that night in Africa, it was day here, and I was preparing to play golf. As I put my bags in the car, I felt the Lord leading me to pray for you. In fact, the urging was so great that I called the men of the church together to pray specifically for you. He said, will all of you who prayed that day please stand? Just then, the men who prayed that day stood together. There were 26 of them. We don't know all the things that are going on behind the scenes when when you pray. We don't know how God is going to choose to answer it. But when you pray for that loved one who's going in for surgery this week, when you pray for that child who has walked away from the Lord, when you pray for that uncle who has never ever wanted anything to do with God, when you pray for someone who's struggling to find a job and they've been struggling for months and months, know that God hears. God's at work. We may never hear about the answer. 
It may not be the particular answer that we're looking for, but as we cast ourselves in dependence on Him, He is mightily and powerfully at work. As we close today, I want to just share some practical things. I don't know about you, but as, I, as I've been thinking about prayer lately, I think, I know this stuff. This isn't new to me. I've probably not shared anything that's new to you. We know that, that we should pray. We know it's really important. But yet it can be a struggle. And I just want to share a few things that have helped me and continue to help me as I battle to stay on track. Because we're not going to fall into a life of persistent prayer. It's not going to happen automatically. So as we think about the practice of persistence, here are just a few helpful things that I wrote down. First of all, um, I, I wrote down, pick a time. Pick a time. I've noticed that with things in life, we get busy and sometimes life can crowd out good intentions. So I think it's really important to pick a time. Maybe it's, it's early in the morning before anybody else is up. Maybe it's uh, during... A, nap, a child's nap time, maybe it's on your break at lunch. Find a time that works well for you and commit to use that as a time of prayer. Secondly, make a list. Make a list. I don't know if, about you, but sometimes I'll sit down to pray, and I should know a million and one things to pray for, but all of a sudden now I can't think of any of them. All those people that asked me at church on Sunday, will you please pray for me? All of a sudden it's just out. Write, write it down. Find a way to organize it. There's a lot of great apps out there. There's, there's lots of opportunities for you to just make a list. And, and maybe you want to categorize them under different headings. Praying for people in your family. Praying for people in your church. Praying for particular ministries or missionaries that you pray for. Um, find a way that works for you. Make a list. Thirdly, remove distractions. Remove distractions. I know I just got done saying that there, there are apps out there that... Uh, help, you, help you keep track of your prayer list, but you got to be careful. I don't know about you, but this thing, it really distracts me. You get up in the morning, you have good intentions to pray, and all of a sudden it starts beeping and buzzing and humming, and all those crucial news and Facebook updates that you absolutely can't live without, they're calling to you. This is more important. You don't need to pray right now. You need to give this attention right now. Find a way to get rid of distractions. Don't turn on the devices the first time, first thing when you wake up. Get away from them. Turn them off. Hide them in the freezer for a minute or whatever. Whatever you got to do. Remove distractions. Find a way to get alone with God. Sometimes that means hiding in the closet from your kids. Whatever it is, try to remove distractions. Number four, find a method that works for you. Find a method that works for you. And here's what I mean. Sometimes I'll be in here praying at my desk, and I'll just, my mind's just wandering. I'll think about tasks that are laying on the desk in front of me. And and I find it helpful to sometimes go for a walk on a nice day like this. I'll wander out in the woods there and just just get alone, get away from my computer, get away from notes and and things that are are calling out to me. Uh, I've also discovered sometimes it helps to pray alone. Sometimes I'll come in here, I mean, I'm not sorry, pray alone, but pray out loud. I find that it helps my mind keep from wandering. Sometimes uh, during the day, I'll, I'll come in here in the auditorium and just walk around and pray out loud. It'd probably sound a little bit funny if someone walked in here as I'm doing that, but it doesn't matter. If it helps keep you focused and, and keeps you engaged with the Lord, uh, maybe pray out loud. Uh, 
Pray with another person. Find a, find a friend you have Bible study with or your spouse. How important it is to pray with your spouse. Find a method that works for you that can help you stay focused. Uh, number five, don't be afraid to use helps. Find different, uh, different things that will help, help maybe uh, draw out different ideas or point you to different aspects. Like maybe you think your, your prayer is all about asking, asking God for stuff, which he tells us to do. But maybe you're missing out on the aspect of adoring God or, or thanking him in your prayers. Uh, and some of these helps that I wrote down there in your notes are some great books that might be able to, to point you in different directions and say, oh, you know, I've been praying about these things over here, but I've neglected this whole area of prayer. There may be some good prayer starters. Letter F, uh, pray Scripture. Pray Scripture. What a great thing to do, uh, especially when you, well, when you get stuck, but even when you're not stuck. Um, the, there's a great book by Donald Whitney called Praying the Bible, and in there he uh, gives you a, a psalm a day to pray for. Basically, he, he says, uh, take the day of the month and go to that psalm. Pray through that psalm. Maybe it's not one that draws you or engages you that much. So he says, add 30 to it and go to that psalm. So today is the 23rd, so you'd open up to Psalm 23. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of prayer that you could spend there, but maybe you get through that and you want to pray some more. So then you go to 23 plus 30, Psalm 53, and, and then from there, Psalm 83, and it's just a great method of being able to use the Psalms as a guide for your prayer life. Um, don't be afraid to use helps, to use Scripture. And then finally, remember that prayer is about sharing your heart with God. Just talk to God. Let Him know what's on your heart and your mind. Some of us think that we've got to have all these elaborate, fancy prayers that are carefully constructed and impressive to him. He's your heavenly father, your, your heavenly daddy. You can go to him with what's on your heart and mind and anytime you want, just pour it out before him. Be real. You don't have to pray in the King James and use these and those. Say, God, I need you today. God, I'm struggling today. God, I want to tell you thank you today. Whatever it is, just, just pour out your heart to God and be real. This passage, Romans chapter 12, tells us to persist in prayer, to be constant in prayer. It means you can do this throughout the day, any time of the day. Sometimes the most heartfelt prayers are the cries that come up in a, in a moment. Lord, I need you right now. Lord, I don't have the wisdom right now. I need you. Oh, God, please help. God tells us to be constant, to be persistent in prayer. Howard Hendricks was a professor at Dallas Theological Seminary for many, many years. One day he was talking about prayer and was encouraging his class to be persistent. He told them that his father had just gotten saved. He was 75 years old. And he says, now that may not mean a lot to some of you. You've been around people who have trusted in Christ as your Savior. But he said, you need to know that I've been praying for my father to get saved for 40 years. 40 years he prayed for his dad to receive Jesus as his Savior. You know, some of us get frustrated when we don't get an answer in a day, a week, a year. We get discouraged 
Whatever it is that God has laid on your heart and will continue to lay on your heart, be faithful in it. Keep praying. Don't give up. Because God rewards the persistent prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning I ask that you would help us to renew our commitment to be people who pray. Lord, what a privilege it is to draw close to the heart of our Heavenly Father, our good and caring Heavenly Father who longs to hear from us. Help us to be aware of the things that we substitute for time alone with you and be alert to the things that are going to distract us from you, pull us away from you. Teach us to be people of prayer. Remind us how valuable and important it is, not only in how it changes us, but how it makes a difference in the lives around us. Lord, I pray that you would draw many hearts to, to come to day of prayer service, and that you would stir the hearts of our people to join us on Thursday nights and, and to pray with one another, to pray for one another. Help us to just have a renewed vision for the value and the importance of communing with our Heavenly Father. And it's in the precious name of Jesus we pray these things. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.